<laughs> Maybe squad was back again. All right, all right, all right. Oh Hopefully God. you didn't hear all that negativity that went on behind the scenes. But <laughs> Movie Squad is back again once again. And once again, we have an empty chair here with the Fantastic Four. And we're joined once again by the person who commonly feels it, our man Andrew Sadal. How are you doing, Andrew? Right. You're like a main squad member now. You come in more than everyone else. I mean, he has, I think, I he has think, thumbnail picks, like so basically yes. plus one. And everything. You're like Herbie. Remember Herbie in the cartoon? Fantastic more like, more like cartoon? the Spidey. He'll sort of drop in every so often when the human torch isn't there. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Okay, Spidey. Nice okay. one. So, so, I'm Chase Johnson Lynch. This is once again with his arms written on um, all over the place. Actually, some drunk girl asked, um, can she write her autograph on me? She you sure? She got like four, she got SH, but the rest is unreadable. Yeah. So okay. her name is Cheryl Law. James Jump is on. Welcome, Hello. James <laughs> Jump. What's his favorite band that he wants to promote? The Layfums. The Lafums. I love them. Please stream them. Love them. Yes, they signed his Pokemon card. But then <laughs> right. we also have the lovely Sinead. Hey. Always lovely and always happy. No one's writing on me. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. Not today. <laughs> you know what I mean? But as you can see in our poster art, you know, because we got poster art now, we're looking at Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and, mm. like, we're doing our best, as Blake would like us to do, not make this a really long podcast because it's a really long movie, but this is our second Tarantino venture, isn't it? Actually, yeah. it is, because I don't know, on Cinema Snaps. Well, yeah, okay, that would make it our third one, but meaning Movie Squad had covered Pulp Fiction, you know, and everything, so... uh we had early Tarantino, and now this, this is, is the last or the latest Tarantino um, effort. But, you know, I mean, look at that cast behind us. I mean, Brad Ooh. Pitt, Leonardo. Jeff Leonardo. Bridges. Leonardo. Jeff Bridges. Yeah, wasn't he there? That's why he's in the movie. Jeff Bridges is not in this movie. He's not, is he? You're fired. Oh, dear. <laughs> I hope Lipper didn't I say have that. To cut this. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I might. Uh, Kurt Russell Brad Pitt. is. Kurt Russell, that's it. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, Jeff Russell. Bridges. Yeah. You know, Kurt Russell, who was a replacement. You know, remember uh, um, <coughs> there was another actor that was supposed to be in uh, Dead Proof, Death Proof, and then he uh, got uh, Kurt Russell um, oh. to fill in and everything like that. Uh, I think history. it was Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rook was initially supposed to be in Death Proof. That and then would have been when, interesting um, to see. And then when Kurt Russell took over, then Kurt Russell, he's now like Leonardo. He's in uh, Hateful Eight, and he's also playing a small part here. I think the great part about Tarantino, I think if you compare it to the Pulp Fiction one to this, he's done so like much here. You've got like a Django Unchained, there's more gruesome, tail and um, pasta. Always gruesome, every movie. It's always gruesome. gruesome. It's, it's one trait and feet. But it's nice to see something more laid back and slowed from Tarantino. Yeah. No, no. I mean, but he also has well known as saying that this is his love of his childhood yeah. in Hollywood, right? You know, like all the streets. I mean, what's fantastic is the you know the art direction here. You know, all the streets are and uh, the theaters and the locales are all uh, as they were. It's littered at that with time. Easter eggs from that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing, amazing. I mean, what was your first initial reactions there, Sinead, to this film? I mean, um, there's a long one, but your first re initial reaction. I was, I mean, like there wasn't much, I mean, there was a plot, but not much yeah. of one. It was more like a presentation, I think, of like Hollywood the in the 60s, yeah. And it, I enjoyed it, but it was like, I, 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 I don't really know how to explain it. I, don't, I can't put a word on it, to be honest. It was just... Um, 
Well, you know, I think presentation is the best thing I can come up with because, yeah. like, that's what it was. I think, I think, I think, you know, when when we do these uh, films, especially older films, even though this one is new, but it's kind of set in an older time, is that it's a lot of it is like first time reactions for you guys. Yeah. But like for me, this is not just classic Hollywood, but this is my childhood, like Tarantino, where like uh, the TV shows that he is paying homage to are like oh classics like yeah. you know steve mcqueen and wanted dead alive is bounty law that's bounty law you know and even um what was um um how oh, was the 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 show he was on when he had the handlebar mustache um uh, laredo the, or something like that yeah or something yeah. About. yeah yeah um i don't think it was laredo but it was based on another series that was going on at the time so the authenticity of the Look yeah. and the feel of television, Hollywood television, was really there all the way down to um, them hanging out in Spawn Ranch, which was a famous uh, uh, ranch at the time, and it's still uh, still around. Oh, but cool. it was where they did all the cowboy movies. So like Hollywood was like a machine, yeah. And like you know, like every, every director had to like you know they had like five days to pull out like a, whether it was an episode or a film. So they would shoot in Spawn Ranch because they had all those hills and 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 the horses and it made everything look authentic western I f- you know did any of you grow up on westerns andrew uh or uh, uh good the bug really. the ugly um there's a lot of tv shows my man used to watch on it all i'm yeah. very familiar with it all and yeah, it's because, because we, very we, we, we often talk about your dad here james you know so i mean like i'm pretty sure you know like he's like loves himself a good western because that was pretty much all we had like in the seventies, every it was like about ten or twenty westerns on. It's sad to see the decline of westerns, though, in modern cinema. Like it's there's not many out these days. Yeah. Cowboys versus aliens. Cowboys versus yeah. aliens. <laughs> well, it's kind of like we gotta do something. I think it is. I think not a good thing. What I love, <laughs> aliens. Good mo- thing. Mo- wow. Modern westerns. Um, yeah. No Country for Old Men. That's my favorite modern western. Uh, well, yeah. Um, but back to um, what the movie is. I think this is just an exciting thing Tarantino wanted to explore because he's doing his ten movies. It's something he. Has to check out that like the, the time period it's so like pivotal and such a cool thing to do and have it to include the Sharon Tate murders but have a spin on it the revisionist touch literally, that was, came from Inglorious yeah, Bastards literally I but so personally I think this is one of my favorite Tarantino movies of all time alongside Django Unchained um and it, what they done with it with this movie was so unexpected of how it was presented all the Easter eggs in it Cliff, um, Brandy, the dog. Um, yeah. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. I love yeah. it. The hippie commune weird thing. That was weird. And I think seeing... I also a common thing. If you're just walking down the street of uh, Melrose or whatever, there were a bunch of hippies out there. But these hippies were all supposedly tied with the, the Manson family. Another thing what I loved was how the Manson family plot wasn't the main plot and we saw it build. From yeah. the side, we were just focused on Cliff's life. It's going downhill, this, that. Stuntman finished up. And finally, we see it pay off coming to the main story. But in like most, we could, we expected violence at the end. But that violence, I, I remember like mm. first watching it. I was it. like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what about you, Andrew? Did you do any like background info on, on this film? After the movie, yes. Um, I watched it. I, I've, I'm, I've heard of the Manson family. I've heard of the Manson murders. Mm-hmm. Didn't know anything about it. So throughout the entire movie, I was thinking, what on earth is Margot Robbie actually in this movie for? Because it just mm-hmm. keeps cutting away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they completely ignore it. So yeah. she had absolutely no reason to be in the movie. So I kept wondering, like, why was she even in there? 
Well, so, yeah, because she's Margot Robbie. That's why. Well, that's why. <laughs> and they um, wanted her feet on yeah. the on the seats. Yeah, that's yeah. We'll why. get we'll get to Margot's so, feet. Well, but I mean, it it, it is true because like when she did the big short, she didn't really have any dialogue. Or or, or what was the Wolf of Wall Street? You know, she didn't really have any dialogue. She's one of those actresses that, hey, man, just put her in the film. Give her some clothes. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It seems that she does, you know, I mean, because when she's on the screen, you're riveted. You can't help it. You know what I mean? Bonk. Um, Come so, on. That's so, um, <laughs> I think the movie, so it opens up. Um, it, so, you see, he's got this shitty career. It's going downhill. It's not. It's not. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, he, I mean, like, um. Um, Leonardo's character is 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 kind of like one of many, you know. Yeah. It's kind of like you know, if you if you look at that time, there were so many detectives or Western heroes or whatever, and so he wasn't like number three, but he was kind of like like he was kind of like you know number seven. Yeah. You know, if you think about Burt Reynolds when he became famous, he became famous for those action films, or how Neaton, right? You know, like Hooper and um, I'm Smoking the Bandit. But when he was Dan August, you know, or he was playing an Indian in, in some show. Oh, God. But, yeah, so it was kind of like, this guy's got something, but we don't know what it is. And that's what was cool about Al Pacino's character coming in going, there's something about yeah. you. There's something about you. I l- Very over-the-top Al, C- Al Pacino. <laughs> I love the idea of Rock Bottom being spaghetti westerns. <laughs> yeah, like, literally. Yeah. It's funny though, man. It's funny because, um, I mean, if you again, like, if you know the uh, the Clint Eastwood uh, story, you know, this could have been very much Clint Eastwood. It was Steve McQueen yeah. and the Malcolm Steve McQueen and Clint Eastwood, where he was playing Rawhide or the show Rawhide and everything like that, and he wanted to be something about him, wanted to be famous, and he famously went off to Italy to make Fistful of Dollars. Nobody had done that because it's kind of like as Americans, we don't need to go to Italy. What the hell, what the hell for? You don't care about like after two world wars, there. after the stigma of it all, after all this. It's like those damn Italians. But, Italian but, but, but you, you you said you saw Good and Bad and the Ugly, which was the third um, uh, adventure for Clint Eastwood out there. For but fits full of dollars and for a few dollars more, classic. I did you please Andrew say you know it. Fits yeah. full of dollars and all yeah. that. Yeah, so those were Italian yeah. westerns. They couldn't understand I, each other, but he had that face. I think we need just to look, let me just look at your face. I think we need to do an Italian western. Drop in the comments which one we should do. That'd be very cool. That would be Please. great, man. Very because cool. I mean, you know, I mean, it's this whole thing. So yeah, so Leonardo, he's at his like wits end. He's on Bounty Law. I think it was been on for a couple of seasons and everything else like that. And um, we start out with a we start out with an interview. Like a TV interview where his sidekick, not his sidekick, his uh, stuntman, is they allow his stuntman to be in the shot with him. They say, "Hey, you guys look alike. They look nothing alike." Yeah, <laughs> it's, just, it's just so you can. No, have you're Brad, not seeing double. It's just, it's just yeah. so you can get Brad Pitt and um, Leonardo DiCaprio in the same film. Yeah, but it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, he's supposed to be me. Sure, okay. <laughs> but um, did you notice the uh, the stutter that Leonardo gave himself? No. Did anybody? Like, like that was that was that was a key thing. That, I mean, there was like, an accent. Like, I'm well, finished. No, no. Body. He, he wow. had it, like, like when he wasn't when he, oh, it's like my stutter. Uh, when he wasn't on camera, he would stutter. Like, like in the scenes in the um, and when he was rehearsing his lines and everything, and he talked about it and stuff like that. You know, yes. But it was just a real interesting thing that he had foibles. 
you know, but it was like, this guy's great. He's got this look and we want him and everything. So that's where he goes to this Musso and Frank's yeah. to meet with uh, Al Pacino. So um, Brad follows along because he's like his driver. He's like his greenhorn yeah, in Decato. Because it's causing the shop. Yeah, of course it is. Uh, then I almost <laughs> yeah. find it annoying, like the like the used narration in the beginning and they just completely fucking forgot about it. What? Yeah, and then it comes back like yeah. at the end. It's the like what? using narration. narration. It was very like scattered. Like some things were could have been explained easier by narration, but they used it twice. I'm not sure. And it, it would have been more trope. like a story. I mean, it's like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It would have been more like a story. Yeah, kind of thing. It just seemed a bit real weird for me. Um, no, but moving yeah. on, we see his other movies. The one where it's like the Inglorious Bastards type, the Nazi flamethrower. What well, is Tarantino's end, thing with Nazis it? and feet? Nazi fees. He's a straight white male insult. What did you expect? Oh. Ooh. Is that why he made a film that like uh, surrounds um, Polanski, who is a child rapist? Oh. We, we're not <laughs> going down that France. road. I would have to go down back. the road that uh, Tarantino <laughs> is half keep, Cherokee. Keep the can of beans closed. <laughs> no. Matt, Matt's not here like to, to open them. I like to go down the road that <laughs> Tarantino is half Cherokee. Is and, uh Yeah. Sure. And everything like that, you know, and that's why he has that weird head. Has anyone anyway. seen that <laughs> clip of this gal? Because it's when saying, could you sign my feet? And he goes, sure, darling. And just signs his feet. All right, let's stay away from the weird stuff. Oh, right? No. <laughs> We're talking about um, Tarantino and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We'll talk about his feet when we get to Margot Robbie going, like, boots are made for walking. That whole Nancy Sinatra shot of her walking through Perfect town. Perfect song, Tristan. Perfect yeah. song. Yeah. But then also was, yeah, but also was like, uh, I'm jumping ahead. So anyway, so um, so Leonardo gets this offer. He doesn't know what to do about it. But then they also offer him another part um, in this, I believe it's Laredo. You can always correct me <laughs> and everything. But what's interesting about it is the director, right? So Andrew, please tell me you know who the director of that uh, cowboy, the, where he had to play the bad guy is. Gonna hit me. You don't know? Nope. Nicholas Hammond. Who is Nicholas Hammond? The first Spider Man. 1976, the first Spider Man. Oh. <laughs> okay. It came over here as a movie for you, youngins. Is this what? Uh, the where first Spider Man, yeah. uh, the TV series, yeah. right? Was played, the first Peter Parker was Nicholas Hammond, who also was one of the kids from. The Sound of Music. That's cool, right? That's but he, but Tarantino is famous for bringing back the old guns, isn't he? And so the director of that uh, piece uh, was was Nicholas Hammond. So right. that scene, like where um, um, Leonardo is like, you know, trying to wash his face and ice, you know, and everything. They're trying to f- figure out, you know, what kind of mustache he should have and everything like that. That was that was Nicholas Hammond. He's like, yeah, yeah. I want you to give it to me. I want you to do all, you know, all that kind of stuff. That really creepy guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So but that was Nicholas The wife that was British. Is this where the director says, <laughs> yeah. now, um, I, I don't want him on my set? Is that later on? About yeah, it's his, the about same guy. But a stunt double. He uh, was saying, like, oh, he doesn't want the stunt double to work. He's a, because he's a wife. Mad of his wife. Yeah. He got away with it. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. That was that. Yeah. Yeah. That was um, the whole, um, um, what's his name? Kurt Russell and Zoe, yeah. Zoe Bell. End of a scenario. But anyway, moving on. So uh, Leonardo asks, you know, he's like, I will, you know, get you onto this job. But, you know, you had that problem, you yeah. know, with the killing the wife thing. <laughs> and, you know, the guy, wife is not really happy with you on that. But then he does convince Kurt Russell to, you know, give him a gig. Yeah. Right. So then it's like, um, 
which is kind of like that awkward scene, right? You know, because he's like, I don't know what I want him. And then he comes out, and then Brad Pitt's just sitting there, you know, and everything like that. So, like, uh, he says, you know, go to wardrobe. And this is where we get the whole big Bruce Lee oh. sequence. Oh, my God. Now, okay. who's heard about Tarantino's version of the Bruce Lee sequence? No. No, what, what was it? No, you know, like about, because a lot of people was like, come on, there's no way this guy, oh, no, I'm not gonna, no way he could beat up Bruce Lee. Seriously. You know, and then, and Tarantino's like, what? No, he's just a guy. <laughs> right? I just have to respect Tarantino for that. He's like, if I can make sure Sharon Tate doesn't die, I can make Bruce Lee into a... Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he threw him into a car. You know yeah, what I mean? the way he threw him into it, he went, did you see the anomaly um, during the fight? In the beginning, there's a, there's a blue car. It cuts through a shop. The car's gone. Then when it comes back, the car's back. I didn't uh, say is that, that kind of like the commando thing where because yeah. they bent the car and then it's like maybe yeah. they shot it out of sequence. Yeah, but it wasn't in shot. So wow. they, they kind of I did not see that, but that would be interesting. You know, because very that, Hollywood of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but I, I loved it the way um you just expected to get his ass handed to him, but Brad Pitt he grabs him and goes, throws him over. Yeah, now now the way Tarantino explains that, right? Because Joe Rogan naturally, you know, was like upset too. But the way Tarantino explains it is like, you got to understand, right? Cliff has a way of doing things. So what he does is he would give his opponent the first punch so that way he can see what the move is, right? And so first punch, Bruce Lee, you know, yeah. kicks him and then knocks him down. And then he gets up and then, you know, he knows what he's going to do now. And then he would mostly assume that the person is going to repeat the move, which Bruce did. So when Bruce repeated the move on him, that's how he was able to catch his foot because he knew where his foot was going and then throw him in the car. So it doesn't make him better than Bruce Lee. It just means that he had a method. And so when Tarantino was trying to explain that, most people just like, that's that man, Bruce Lee. So <laughs> you know what I, I mean? want everyone's opinion on this now. Do you think he killed his wife? Do you think he killed his wife? <laughs> I they don't come about, back to about Brad Pitt. They only went to the scene. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. When they're on the boat, and she's like, "Oh, you don't want to fight? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've been on this boat for uh. and and then we, and then nothing comes of it ever again. Do you think he killed his wife? What I like about it is, is the outfit he was wearing was like, um, 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 Gavilan, right? Um, this actor, you know, this, this show, and he was like, like that. Anyway, I think he did. I don't think he did. I think it was just, I think the other guy divorced him, but... It was an accident. I don't think he like, oh, I'm going to kill you now. <laughs> no, but like we see him being violent. I think the point of it was, like, we see him being violent throughout the whole film. Yeah. So he probably has killed his wife, and it's kind of like that idea of, like, oh, in Hollywood, it's all smoke and mirrors. Um, so obviously, it's the 60s. So obviously, the women are kind of getting a bit angry now so obviously the director's wife is very much like yeah he's a fucking it's also he's before a, women's lib yesterday and he's like oh he killed his wife how could you work with him and it's like baby oh come on you know what i mean but like i i think it is very much like yeah like if you had like celeb status or you were wealthy in hollywood then you could pretty much get away with murder and which he did and yeah. they probably do to be it. Fair, the end. It is very easy. And in that nineteen sixty nine to get away with murder, especially in America with there was no fingerprints or anything. Like you could do anything back. Yeah, it's like as long as you're if, like on this on on my front lawn, I can legally kill you. Kind of thing. Like <laughs> yeah, I don't so, want to be on your lawn. Then. I mean, like <laughs> I don't so have the, one. I live in a flat. The, chi- <laughs> the child actor, child method actor. We see her. She's oh my god! Lines. Oh my god! I don't know the girl's name, but she, it was fantastic. That scene. She's a very good actor. I think she was actually eight or nine in real life. So, so let's ask you this, Sinead, uh, actress on the panel. 
What did you think of that scene where uh, the child actress and Leonardo and stuff like uh, not the one where he actually performed no, no, the no, scene? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, when, yeah. when she when he's like, "Oh, can I read next to you?" and she's like, "I don't see why not." Um, yeah, it's it's quite funny because it is kind of like um, it is kind of like a reflection of like the new age of acting, and it's like you know acting isn't you know it's like oh she's like the she's like young blood she's like the new generation of it so she's very much like oh no acting is a very serious thing you must refer to me as my character when i'm on set method method acting stanislavski because obviously because um i know and then like obviously uh when you're going into the 60s into the 70s that's when people like meisner started to become a thing yeah so um it is kind of like, yeah, oh, yeah, I have to put into practice. And also that kind of little element of, like, you know, I'm a young woman actress. And, like, already we see, like, she's, yeah, she's very, like, she's already a feminist at eight years yeah. old. I think, um, <laughs> so. He's like, how old are you? <laughs> I think she's also there to almost, like, reflect what child actors were like back in them days. If you remember oh the Alice in Wonderland? you remember the Alice in Wonderland set, what happened there to no. the actresses? She got she got very abused a lot on set. They, they starved her. Day and they gave them a lot of fake shoots. I thought, so I did, I thought so Judy did, Garland. So did Thingy in The Wizard of Oz. Yes. Like they, so it's a lot of corruption. I think it just kind of I thought of you high. were leading to how adult they were making and it, and child actors. And it highlights, yeah. and, and for example, it'll highlight how she's doing it in this role. And in 10 years' time, she'll be corrupt. She'll be something wrong well, with she'll her. she'll be nobody. She'll There's be a, a nobody because they'll throw her away. With most child actors happen these days. So of Macaulay Corkin. So of a lot of older actors, yeah, yeah, yeah. was it... Who was it? Was, was it Julie, Judy Garland or someone who, um, the child actress from uh, Wizard of Oz? Yes, yeah, yeah. She, like, she was getting sexually drug, assaulted by like the drug, people, drug overdose, tried yeah. to make a career comeback, died. Keep keep it going. They would ignore the uh, the labor laws, like you can only yep. work 10 hours because you got to remember we had the Hayes Code back then, which is still probably in effect till around the late 70s, yeah. so you could start doing a little bit more. So it really like reflects that. Well, you are say big brain on bread. It's a fun episode, this one, isn't it? <laughs> well, no, well, no, but we like to be informative, and I love it when James brings up the hate code. But um, so let's go from that scene to the actual scene because oh my god, I, I just it. thought this was a tour de force for Leo, where you know, like they're playing out the scene and it's and it's playing, and you know, okay, this is the scene yeah. going on. But then when he stops, when he cucks up, and he goes, fine. I saw Scream Rant say um, that if you've seen any like old Western TV shows, mm. the acting was nowhere good as this. Oh, well, no, no, <laughs> it, it, it definitely wasn't. But I mean, but that's what was just so really good about yeah. this. It was so in your face and it was hardcore because like, especially like when he had to go back to the trailer and he's just like, like, you know, just so disappointed in himself. You kind of feel bad. And that's when the stutter came out even more, you know. But he's like, you got to do it. You got to do it. You're an you alcoholic. Know? Yeah. Eight whiskey sours. You kind of I could have stopped at three or four, but no, I had to have eight. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of feel for him the way he's, like, losing his... Like, he's the second-rate villain, is it, in this scene? Yeah, because because this is the point. They, they and, and, and Pacino would explain it to him. It's like they would take lead actors from a show, and then what they would do is they would try to, like, bring them down. He wouldn't say, like, emasculate them, yeah. but he was trying to bring them down. So they would turn them into villains and everything on other shows. And so, like, he would be, like, playing these villain roles, which was why it was so important for him to be offered a hero again. 
to go off to Italy. So when you say that there's no story, there was the actual kind of like a story to Leo's journey and, and all of yeah. that. But, you know, that I just thought little things like that is just fascinating. But then also, too, is let's just say a lad, a sad lament for Luke Perry from uh, Beverly Hills 90210. You might have not recognized him, but he played the brother who comes in, right, to get the girl that Leo is holding hostage. And he was supposed to be her brother and everything. But that was Luke Perry who died during the making of the film. Mm. Oh, you know, I mean, he only had this one scene. But, you know, like, yeah, he yeah. died. So he never got to see, yeah. like, the role. So that's why I was just saying so, sad lament for Leo, Luke Perry. Let's skip forward to um, the scene where they go to the, the ranch, visit his friend. The Brad Pitt goes to visit his friend in the ranch. Yeah, um, he's giving what's her name, baby, um, pussy, baby. <laughs> pussy doll, pussy cat, pussy cat, a lift home. Um, well, yeah. So he's seen her like once or twice on the street as a hippie and everything. And like you might have blinked and missed her, but Kevin Smith's daughter Harley Quinn is, and it was one of the girls as well, and everything like that. But um, so finally she sees him and he sees her and he's alone. So she's like, you know, give me a ride and everything, and he gives her a ride. Don't suck your dick while driving. How old are you? <laughs> to be? <laughs> I mean, I'm old enough to fuck you, but you're too old to fuck me. <laughs> and then we were demonetized. <laughs> oh, well. I make money off this. He's lying. Uh, but yes. Have I- but it was it was it was it was a weird conversation because he was kind of like you know let me see your driver's license or whatever it is like I'm not going know. to jail for putang. Well, no, I get you, bro, but I don't know if that's a conversation you would have at that moment in time. Should be fair. <laughs> you don't want to catch a case. Um, Let's yeah. So, um, so I, I want to like massive props Tarantino. Um, the way he does this scene to provide the tension of when they go to the ranch is his friend dead. It is yeah. so on your seat, suspenseful with the camera, the canted angles, the the long shots, the the long takes, the color grading, the way they position the characters. Well, also, the way the way yeah. the girls appeared, they yeah. appeared kind of like the children of the dance. Yeah, it was very creepy. Yeah, it's it's so like a midsummer spooky. vibe or something, and you're like, oh, we're gonna find him. He's gonna be dead because you got to remember this character isn't real, so mm-hmm. doesn't have has nothing to do with significant history. No, so he, he, uh, there was it, a guy who owned Spawn Ranch. No, so. I mean, I mean, um, Brad Pitt's character. So if oh. if he dies, there's yeah. not there's not really a well. He lived in this. Yeah, we go there and thinking, oh my god, we're gonna find a body. He's gonna have to fight something. You get no, there, no, you, gotta, you, out, get, yeah. now, you also have to. I mean, we skipped over things, but that's cool. You also have to think that Brad Pitt is like a walking superhero. Like when he goes to fix yes, Leo's, he, uh, he goes to fix Leo's antenna. You know, he jumps up on that building like Spider Man. Shirtless, <laughs> shirtless. You know, he has he has two six packs in his holster. But I'm, <laughs> I'm just trying to say it, so we know that this guy is cool. He beat up Bruce Lee. You know, by the time he gets to Smart Ranch. So, like, he has the attitude of a hero, and he walks through that town like, I don't care about any yet. Actually. And everything. Now, they only had, like, two guys. Like, Tex was also one of the main guys uh, from, you know, uh, uh, Manson. I don't know who that guy he beat up was. But anyway, so when he goes there to, to the door and stuff, I think that was Dakota Fanning. Um, yeah. uh, was it the code fan? Yeah. yeah, and everything else like that. But the redhead, the, the 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 mystery, like you just said, it was a good build up to is he going to find him dead or not? So then when he turns around, it's played by Bruce Stern. <laughs> what are you doing, man? Like she's got to watch my sookie sookie, whatever you know. Trying to have a nap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Um, so that was cool. 
But then when he comes out, then it's like, <laughs> right? Like a Kung Fu movie, right? You got them all <laughs> out there, but he only has to deal with one, which was the, you know, the homeless redhead guy. <laughs> you know, he popped his tire. Yeah, which was easy to take. And he was like, now this is my boss's car. <laughs> I know, right? So now there's an issue. <laughs> Luckily, he has a spare. Talk about his swagger, though, man. His swagger was kind of like. I knew shit was about oh, he to was. go down. You're, you're going to fix that. <laughs> I was like, fuck you. Was like, and then he just right hooked him. Oh, Jesus. And the blood, the blood in this film is really cool. And yeah, then they like, go get text, go get text. And then they spend the time going to, you know, catch up with text and then for text to come back. And he was already and, driving and away. Already gone, bro. <laughs> um, so I think we skipped over the Margot Robbie finally seeing herself in a Sharon Tate movie. No, we haven't. And is that next then? Next, yeah. next, yeah. So we see Margot Robbie. She's finally. With her feet out. She's got in a movie. For, oh, I play the clumsy waiter. Um, and she's like this in the. I'm not gonna do it because I'll, I'll break something. She's got her feet out. Um, dirty very, feet. Very dirty feet. So, so wait a minute. So, all right, you want to get to the feet? It's time for feet. So the girl. Feet out. Do we have a baby, button for baby feet Baby pussy cat, whatever her name is. You know, she already has her feet up on the pressed against dashboard. the windscreen. No, no, no. She had her feet on the dashboard. Yeah, pressed against the windshield. Oh right. <laughs> they were dirty, and everything. I think the girls in 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 the spawn man's house. Yeah, had, had their, their feet, feet out. out. Yeah. And now we get boots are made for walking first before we get to Margot's Some dirty more feet. feet. Because, because first of all, like as she's walking into those boots, she's not wearing socks. <laughs> yeah. I think like that's part of the foot fetish is it that they're sweaty and dirty. way too oh. over the top. It was way too over the top in this movie. Why you? But, but, but what do you think, um, Andrew, what do you think um, Tarantino was saying about her purchasing the book Tess of the Darbervilles? Um, <laughs> I think he just likes feet. James? Yes? What do you think he was saying? All right. So you know that she was dating um, uh, Ruben, uh, Ruben, uh, Polanski. Polanski, yeah. And Polanski was the guy in the flowers shirt, whatever, when they went out to party. Was the, yeah, when he yeah, went out like to party. Yeah, like director of Rosemary's Baby, Polanski. Yeah, director yeah. of... Yeah, but yeah. also, <laughs> also... Um, when she goes to purchase the book Tess of the Darbervilles, mm -hmm. Tess is the movie that starred Natasha Kinski that Roman Polanski has been running away from America from because they, you know, they yeah. want to arrest him for statutory rape because she was like, I don't know, 15, 13, 13 yeah. and, and everything like that. So supposedly they sneak him in. <laughs> he directs the movie. They sneak him back out. Hey, wait a minute, hold on, hold on, how did we miss him? You know, I mean, you know, da, 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 da. yeah. Anyway, so so for Tarantino to make a point, like, hey, all right, well, so Saren was what Polanski at the time, but to make a point for, to have that scene of her going in and buying that book of Tess, as like, oh, let me, ooh, I need to find somebody for this Tess girl. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? That was, I think it's ingenious, really, because it's something that we know. When you you know uh, when we're talking about the history around this film and everything, did she stay with him after the? She died. Oh, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, but he didn't do. He wasn't with Natasha Kinski then. Later on, you know, and the uh, that that was like around seventy eight or something like that that he made that movie. But he yeah, she was pregnant. No, he, wasn't she? Yeah, no, he yeah he survived because he was making a movie somewhere. It was it was those other people. That wasn't Roman Polanski. Oh, okay. Roman Polanski was the guy when they went to the party to see Steve McQueen, 
right? Oh, yeah, they were in the Playboy Mansion, and we didn't even Playboy say anything. <laughs> so they were in the Playboy Mansion with Mamas and the Papas and Steve McQueen, and Steve McQueen does that whole go watch Damien Lewis. Damien Lewis. So good. And oh, Steve McQueen. I couldn't even recognize Damien Lewis. The guy from Billions. Right, it played Steve McQueen in that, and it was a great, it was a great story that he tells in that one. It's, it's beautiful. So anyway, now we're finally at the movie theater where she can't seem to afford five cents or whatever how much the pictures are. To be fair, <laughs> she, she goes, "Can I get in for free? I'm in the movie." <laughs> you know what? You're in the movie. <laughs> if I was in the if I was in the movie, the money. No, if I was in the movie, I would have said that. If I was like in that position. I'm, would you? Yeah, I would like, It's I all going back to you and your and your shares in the film. I mean, seriously, Jake. Like, <coughs> I'm in know. Pringle, so can I come in for free? I mean, yeah, if Pringle sure. got screened anywhere, <laughs> yeah. I think I'd leave. I actually, am, I actually am screening Pringle somewhere. No, you're not. No, 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 don't screen Pringle anywhere. That's not a joke. Yeah, um, yeah, I know it's not. James is in Pringle. Anyway, so. <laughs> Margot watches herself, but I thought what was classic about that scene because again, she's like just like a silent film actress. You know, you can read her emotions on her face. You know, the zeal she has of watching herself for the first time in a way, or maybe just for a time in the theater. But uh, we cut back to her, and she takes her shoes off, and we just see her dirty feet mm, on dirty the fucking seat. Now, first of all, that's disgusting because first of all, to take your she was off in the movie theater disgusting because you never know what's on the floor. Your dirty feet, though. But, it, but then but then to put it on a seat where, like, people's heads are is <laughs> more disgusting. I don't care if you're Margot Robbie. Get your feet away right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, your feet should be used for, uh, you know, strangling guards Respect and, and these, getting keys yeah. and uh, escaping Respect facilities. the cinema workers. You, not. We've talked about Tarantino's foot fetish before. Why? I mean, why? It's just a new what way to keep bringing, bringing it so women. No, 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 no. I meant, why does he have it? I'm so saying, Many Andrew. directors. That's like, not why I bring it up. Many directors <laughs> like to have, like, have quips in their movies. Some of it says about him. Some of it adds personality. Oh, you don't think it's his actual I think, fetish? I think in the beginning, it is a fetish. But he's seen people lean into, oh, that's Tarantino. He's the film fuck guy. And no, I think no, that's Dan Schneider. And I think, and I think, <laughs> yes, that's Dan Schneider. Exactly. Dan, oh, Dan oh Schneider. my god! Did you hear what he done no. once? No, we're not talking about Dan. No, 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 is trope. Mm. I think it's more of a trope. It's like, for example, these actors, and I think for his last movie, what he's doing, um, that will have a lot of feet in it. Like, I mean, yeah. oh, what no. the movie? No, no, I mean, actually, uh, happy oh, feet. I don't, but I'm doing why happy feet. though? I'm doing happy feet. And I can't wait like, for him to start his theater career. Because um, wait, he's going into theater. He's going yeah, into that's theater. What he wants yeah, to do. Jesus theater. Christ. Um, <laughs> I, I, I have the novel of the Once Upon a Time Hollywood book I need to read. I think I still need to read that, but apparently it's really good. Mm. Um, I want to know how he'll like, describe it. Margot Robbie puts feet on desk. Mm, I don't know. But anyway, so like uh, she goes to watch herself. And basically what we just get is a lot of random shots of Margot. That's why we can jump around it. I mean, like there's a there's a scene where she's snoring. <laughs> That's cool. Well, no, I That's guess. Cool. I guess. <laughs> it's Margot Robbie I mean, snoring. No, but that's what I mean. It's just kind of like, you know, if... I guess you're Tarantino. I'll do whatever you want. But it's just kind of like, yeah, I need you to snore, but it has to be real snore. 
no, really snoring. Like, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, but, you know, just like how he went to really choke that woman in glorious blasters. Moving on. So anyway, so um, he got the car back. Um, Cliff got the car back. Uh, Margot sees the movie. And it's at this point in time that uh, we cut to him going off to uh, Italy. Italy because... We gotta go off to Italy for six Are months. Them maybe, 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 films. maybe, maybe he's on a run. Maybe Cliff's on a run. Or who knows? He but makes like, uh, a lot of spaghetti westerns. Uh, he makes at least three of them, you know, because he shows us the posters. That's a wife. That's kind of like what. Well, that's kind of like what, gets a wife. No, that's creative. That's kind of like what Clint Eastwood did. You know, he made like three films and probably picked up somebody over there too. But yeah, he picked up like she was like the daughter of one of the. Uh, uh, producers, you know what I mean, and and stuff like that. So then they come back, and then they have the awkward conversation that you know, I don't know what to do with you, bruv. I mean, you know what I mean. And like, what is Leo? What is Leo saying to him really? Because isn't he famous now? I mean, like, isn't he got a career over there? But now he's feeling that he can't. I didn't understand that scene. He's feeling that I can't. I think he was mainly saying because I got a wife. Right, I don't. Really didn't he say a, something about going really back to Cincinnati it. or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think so. But I mean, like, uh, you know, because he's got a career, but maybe he's just like, look, I'm home, got a wife, can't really have like you, you know, taking me vibing about. in yeah. my house. <laughs> yeah, you know, that so. relationship was so Toxic. weird. Did you it, think so though? I thought it was so. I mean, like, I get there were mates and whatever, but there was always kind of like this thing where, like, you obviously know that like Leo's like the dominant one of the pair of them, but oh, then yeah. like it was a toxic Brad's more of the badass. Well, wait, why do you say toxic though? Because the way they act. Because, for example, Brad Brad's character could easily get out of that the way he is, and it never happened. But Leonardo DiCaprio, like he's codependent on him. He needs they need space. It's like I've seen situations like this in real life, and it's a very. But they, they, is like, yeah, they, oh, both, they so both need each other though. Not, because yeah, but really, it's like, oh yeah, nobody's my, hiring nobody's hiring Cliff because of the wife murder thing, right? And and so Leo is like he's he's beyond that. But so that he still would doesn't give him the right to step on Brad Pitt's character. Yeah, but Brad is like, look. I want to do something, so I'll do your cleaning, I'll do your like mechanics, I'll do your driving. It's and a toxic codependent relationship. Okay, I don't know, but one cannot exist you, without the other. What about <laughs> you, Sinead? You think it was a bad relationship as well? It was just a weird one. It was kind of like what you know, even if like this is a has been like <laughs> stuntable. Why does he still feel the need to like run around and do errands for the actor mm-hmm. and stuff like that? Is he paying he it? He's not even paying him or anything. Oh no, no, he's paying him. Is that's he paying why, him? Oh, yeah, but that's why he told. No, that's why he told him I can't have you. I can't afford to have you around anymore. So he was paying him to do all those. And he jobs. was just yeah, but it was the fact that he was just like okay. Yeah, well, well, like, well, because I mean, pride, you know, he had his pride and everything like that, you know, and uh, you know, but I thought that when they sat down to watch the FBI show. Right, that that also gave you an insight into their relationship because it's like, even though like I'm your sidekick, I know I'm your sidekick, I'm your your listening board, I'm your driver and everything, but I'm also your friend and everything. And then so it's like they were chilling, mm. you know, sitting down with an acid cigarette. <laughs> and then you know, which was another great old show and everything where he plays another bad guy and stuff, you know. But this leads us to the final sequence of the. Uh, the Manson kids decided. And what the now, hell was that about? about it is, and why was one of them Asian if they're all... Wait, are they like an actual biological family? Or are they just... No, no, no. Oh, is that a cult? Never mind then. Uh, but no, but what it was was is that... Um, because we got that scene where... Uh, you probably missed it, but where Manson came 
to the house where yeah. uh, uh yeah um, and then um, leo sends him away no 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 manson charles manson actually came to uh margot robbie's house he walks past the same ma'am Oh. Yeah, but then, no, he comes up to the door because if you've seen one of the biographies, like uh, the Beast Boys lived in that house, right? One of the Beast Boys lived in that house that that uh, Margot character Charante took over, you know. So when he came, he came looking for Danny, whatever the guy from the Beast Boys. She said, "Oh, they don't live here anymore." Oh, oh, wow, you know, and everything like that. Oh, yeah. So, so, so then, so he goes off. But like what had happened was is that he said, "Look, I just want to scare them because they used to be able to chill in the house." So the the Manson family initially in the original reality, they were supposed to just go there, scare them, and help the skelter and all that. Make other it kind witchy. Of stuff. But then you had two pregnant women in there, and they kill them, and 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 and, and they sold, you know, the 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 murders and stuff. So as they going up to that house, it just so happens that Cliff, who they ran into at Spawn Ranch, right, who they didn't see because he's out walking the dog, they run into <laughs> Leo, who's like, get the fuck off my lawn. Now, that's the only thing that I didn't kind of, like, buy into is, like, he's yelling at them. They got their knives and weapons, and, like, they're just letting him do that. Yeah, they you just know, back they off, know don't they? know they're going to do some damage. Because they don't want to bring suspicion yet. Yeah, my was text crying. Or maybe they just, like, I can make girls you know, but I'm afraid of God. I'm afraid of you. All right, dude, we out. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was but margarita that, I just mix. thought that was weird. Yeah, I just yeah. thought that was kind of weird. With his margarita mix. What so they icon. go back down the hill. Now, supposedly the girl who left, that happened in the original reality as well and stuff. You know, um, um, one, of, one of the people yeah. didn't want to do it and stuff. So then they continue to go up, but they decide, nah, I'm not going to go here. Gonna go to this motherfucker who just yelled at us, you know. We're gonna so now we have revisionist history, and this is Tarantino. What do you think about revisionism? It depends what it is. I mean, like for for this film especially, because I I didn't really know much about the Manson. I've heard of them, yeah. But say because they now decide not to do that, it suddenly made that whole side story completely pointless. As a film, it just made no sense anymore because it was like, why do you keep cutting away to this person? has no connection to the story whatsoever. Yeah. Oh, was she supposed to... Wait, was Margot Robbie in real life supposed to die because yeah. of the... Oh, okay, now it makes sense. It does, okay. make, it does make sense because what we did was we had gotten, like, the private profile of Sharon Tate that we didn't know. So he's making all of that stuff up, even though he's dealing with the family and everything like, like that. Like when he kills Hitler and Inglourious. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. He's making right. all that stuff. So the idea was, is, like, there should be a world where she survives... Because he he liked her, whatever, blah blah blah, and everything. So um, these guys, these actors, become like real life heroes and, and and stuff like that. So mentality of Tarantino. They though. break in, um, and the fucking slaughter ensues. Now this oh I don't God. agree. This I don't agree with at all. The ending. Um, the the slaughter of the ending because. Uh, I, I would like to respect Tarantino as a filmmaker, mm. even if he has a foot fetish. So, but I don't. I am not. I'm not into gore porn. I'm not into torture porn. I don't. I, hope I not. don't like the. Ho- not into porn, porn. Well, I didn't say that, but <laughs> I don't like hostile movies and everything like that. <laughs> yeah, oh, hostile's a great movie. We should do that. Uh, but my point is, the violence to these women. That's Tarantino, and. You know, and Brad had to do it. 
Do you know what I mean? And I just didn't agree with that at all. It was yeah, but in real life, Manson it was did... worse than Clockwork Orange violence. I... Yeah, but then like, isn't it kind of like a oh? They died in this film because the two pregnant women died in real life, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Well, there you go. Then I do uh, like. No, it's kind of like saying I do that like these were vicious women, so they deserve it. You I like that. Yeah. I think the ending felt a bit perfect to what Tarantino's style is and what could have happened in a revisionist style. Not them being murdered, Sharon Tate, but the murderers being murdered. And I think the reason why I'm Apparently. not so, the reason why I'm not so asked about this violence is because I'm I, I'm like desensitized to movie violence because it's not real. You know what I mean? Like, no one really thinks movie violence is real. I don't go watch Saw and think, oh my God, that's real. But Dude, I, when when you see a person get their head bashed in, I go like this, right? I feel it. I feel I'm it I'm very desensitized to violence yeah, in general. As am I. All right. Are you <laughs> desensitized to violence? Yeah, completely. Really? Very yeah. you, Andrew? Depends what it is. I don't know. I weep for the children if they if you guys both feel this way. <laughs> I don't I, I grew up watching horror films and I and I was way too young, so I'm hypersensitive I, to horror. I grew So I understand that I'm hypersensitive. I, but a girl getting her head bashed into a mantelpiece, you know, and all that other kind of stuff. I don't mind the yeah. girl getting burned in a in a pool. That, that was, was funny. Of, that was cool. <laughs> now, I grew up with the internet, so <laughs> Okay, well, right, well, your opinions, we, we would welcome them. But, like, um, the pool scene that was cool. reminded me of a film called Trilogy of Terror with Karen Black, and she was being attacked by a little black pygmy doll and everything, and, you know, she would have to, you know, try to burn it, and the, and the pygmy doll was like... Like that, so, going on can crazy. we clip that? But that <laughs> probably. It's like one of the but gremlins. that's what the girl was doing though in the pool. I mean, look, you're dead, woman. You're dead. The one piece of violence what got me was when they started bashing her head against the wall. I know, wall. man. Like, and you seemed all right with it. Uh, I love how the dog just was like, it was just oh, like, oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> yeah, all right. One of my stories. I know a guy who had his by a dog. Anyway, so like that's painful. <laughs> I think the moral of the story is don't smoke acid cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it how he was like, oh, oh wow, what is that dude? No <laughs> one that high, he was like Spicoli. No one that high, no one that drunk could fight like that. Oh, dude, if I was he, drunk, for, I'd be like, he's Cliff. He's I didn't think it was real. Yeah. He's Cliff, man. He's Cliff, and everything like that. So, so yeah, so Leonardo pulls out the flamethrower that we were established. And everything burns the girl. Cliff like kills the other two along with the dog and everything like that. Gets shot, but you know, hey, look, <laughs> only a flesh wound. <laughs> no, it was stabbed in the leg, wasn't it? Yeah, but he also yeah, but he was shot as well. Oh, I thought he was shot. No, he didn't get shot. Oh, no. come on, they taking him to hospital just from a somebody. Stab somebody wound shot, but I don't think it hits anyone. Huh. Also, why was Tex crying? Like he just found out he's been cast as Elvis. Ooh, <laughs> heavy. <laughs> When, when? No, because when they first enter the house, right, the girls come in from the side and then he comes through the door with the gun and he just starts crying. And I'm like, is this supposed to be like, you know, you being like psychotic? It's like, finally, I get to, someone's going to die at the hands of me. I'm doing Satan's work or whatever. Well, or are you well, actually right? like terrified of this situation? I, I was really confused. Well, did he Did he see like, uh, you know, laughing, right in front of him? Was it, no, he had like, he had tears in his eyes. He was mm. crying and I was just like, this is this is either some really like deep, deep shit, or or like I'd, you haven't it read the memo. It could have been. It could have <laughs> been. It could have been, been a crisis of conscience. 
in the sense where, like, you know, as if they were at the Sharon Tate Lobianco house, um, there was a TV series with David uh, Mulder from X-Files as a called Aquarius, where they did this whole bit, you know? And I thought that text was really conflicted in that show. And so maybe this text was supposed to be, that was supposed to be a form of confliction until he saw Brad Pitt. Then it was yeah. kind of like, oh, you that motherfucker. <laughs> right. Literally. You know what I mean? So I think I think maybe I don't know. Anyway, so you know, um you know, uh they they survive. Uh, Brad Brad on. Brad and no no um Brad and uh goes off to the ambulance, but then the uh the boyfriend who as Steve McQueen would say, Damien Lewis was like, he's just buying his time <laughs> to get with Sharon and stuff like that. Cause they were yeah. supposed to be together and then together. Anyway. So anyway, so Leo enters the house. Now this is, this is kind of cool in a way because Hollywood is like that. You know, you got the Hollywood Hills with all these famous people, right? But they're behind locked gates. So even though you're famous and they're famous, you never meet each other. So this was kind of like a weird way to be invited into the house. You know, because he, he did like Sharon or Roman Polanski and all that other kind of stuff. But he probably never felt good enough that, hey, yeah. I'm a TV actor yeah. and stuff. So, you know, so then when they go in, and, you know, and then they meet and we got new, we got the new future and stuff. Um, and that was Tarantino's Once Upon a Time. It does kind of make you feel sad for, you know, the actual Sharon Tate died. It does, the it situation. does, it does, it does. Because, like, in, in letting us know about her do his imaginations or whatever. No one deserves to die, James. Really. And Ever. I think I think it shows like the pointlessness of murder. And yes. and it shows like the sadness of the loss of somebody who does get just tragically murdered because basically she was a news item. She wasn't a famous actress. You know what I mean? But the only way it was a news item was because there was four of them that and two of them pregnant or whatever and all that other kind a, of stuff. It was such a media story as well. Exactly. Someone That's what I mean. It became, a, new, yeah, it became a news item because of that. But she wasn't a news item because she was Sharon Tate, the actress in that crappy movie directing crew. You know what I mean? Yes, because stuff, so. I think that was a good take on it. The use, I think that's going to be, actually, that could be one of my new takes that now the uselessness of violence. Ooh. I think that's a good take for what you said before. Yeah, yeah, well... I, f I really enjoy... What do you, what do you take away from it real I think, quickly? I think I've taken away from that is how the violence has affected everyone and how a peaceful resolution could have been solved for that, but it's Tarantino, so... Yeah, it's well, either that or he just loves his violence. Yeah, I can make that movie, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. James Jump will make this version of this movie. <laughs> I could... Give me give me 10 minutes, um, a few Freddos, and I could make easily a better movie. Yeah. A few Freddos. So overall, what does everyone think about this movie? I loved it because, like, when I saw it in the pictures, as I do in most of the movies, is that it didn't it didn't thrill me. It's three hours long, and it didn't it didn't hold my interest. But when I saw it, like about a month or so ago, I just devoured all the background uh, interviews and stories around it, and I completely loved this movie. Is um, and 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 I hate that sometimes that movies just need to be watched after the yes. hype. So it's a good movie. It's a, it's about a it's about a nine to me. I I think for me the movie is it, it explores more stuff for Tarantino hasn't been explored. I love the narrative of it. Um, I think every little bit like Easter egg in there, like every little bit, it just felt really co cozy together. I remember the first time seeing it. I saw the first half an hour in cinemas, then got kicked out because I was sixteen. But when I rewatched it like two three times after, I appreciated it even more. And when I rewatched it last night, I appreciated it even even more. So for me, it's a nine point five. 
Probably my yeah, my second favourite Tarantino movie. I don't think anything mm. will top that one. In terms oh, of Hateful Eight, man. My favourite one's Django Unchained. Oh. Hateful Eight's third. Both of them are good movies. Actually. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I think with Tarantino movies, I think context is everything. Because I did not realise that, like, that was supposed to be like, oh, it's the Manson murders. I didn't really. Re- I didn't, well, I knew who Polanski was. I didn't know his wife had anything to do with that. I didn't, mm. re- I, I don't, I, I'm not familiar with, yeah, like, yeah, American yeah, yeah. history or anything like that. But, like, having known that, it's like, oh, that's that's made the film, like, cooler and things make sense in it now for me. Yeah. So, um, I didn't, yeah, I did enjoy it. And I like how Tarantino puts, like, a random spin on actual history. Yeah. Uh, to make a point um, for me, I'd say. But like like you said, like it's a three hour long film and like there's not much going on really. There's a lot going In, on. I mean, it's, it, what goes on is like contextual, not like I'm not thrilled by in particular uh, apart from that scene where he goes to the hippie hole yeah <laughs> um, and like nothing really like it was very much like oh i'm invested like i was really disappointed with leo to be honest so you not didn't as like an actor. All, so you didn't like all the film stuff even like being on set of old ways of film well like I, 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 westerns don't really appeal to me to be honest like they're cute like in right. context, but like they don't entertain me in any way, shape, no, or form. And that's interesting because it could be your use as well. Because I mean, like I said, growing up on westerns, yeah. But then I mean, my favorite western many... is Blazing Saddles. Let's be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Which is uh, available now ten. on uh, our channel. Okay. I mean, give it an ace because I know it tried, but uh, you know, like for like in the moment watching it, it was just very much like I don't know what's so going on. So you can appreciate like, the style, but not like it personally. Yeah, I appreciate the message, just not the execution. Mm, I'll still give it an eight, though. Yeah, similar thing. Like, I couldn't get into this movie. I I tried, but I just, I just couldn't keep focused on it. I just kept. uh, uh, The direction for it is good. I think it's shot really well. I think the music choices are great. I think the acting's phenomenal, but it needed to be trimmed down. I think there was way too much going on. I just couldn't get into it, so I'd say like a six or so. Wow, I mean, it's you fun. know, and I mean, it's fair dues, man. I mean, you know, um, it's Tarantino going out on a high. His latest movies are longer and longer, but it's also like James said that they're getting better and better, which is why the disappointment will be when he stops. I think it's getting. I think they've always been great with the movies he's done. But it depends on what your genre is. If you like a more narrative based, more like talking for four hours, like me with a little bit of action, then that movie's perfect. But I mean, to be honest, it'll be great in theatre because theatre yeah, is just talking. Talk if, if you love, for example, a, you want like a whodunit murder every 10 seconds, then you watch Reservoir Dogs. If you want something historical, you watch Django Unchained or something. And I think that's what the great thing about Tarantino's catalogue is. As much as people like say, oh, you like Tarantino, he is a great director. Yeah. Well, before we go, I know, I know, I know we got that finger going, but before we go... Ten film genre. Just pick a genre, just so that way we look back on this. A what? And a genre, like what is going to the be genre. his tenth film? Oh, for, like the genre. What's the genre going the to genre. be? Genre. 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 Anyway, <laughs> right? Um, you know, so that way when we look back on this and the tenth film comes out, we can figure out like like who who selected it. So like um, you know, I'm gonna go for what it's not going to be. But what I would like him to do, and that's a superhero film. A I giant. would, I think, would be cool to see a sci-fi film, a Tarantino sci-fi. Yeah, I think. 
I don't even, I can't even nail him on a genre to be honest. Medieval. Maybe, yeah. Something like that. Medieval Tarantino. Wow. What about horror Tarantino? I like horror. Oh, you know what? He hasn't really done that, has he? <laughs> like considering I mean, his like his films are horrifying. That's what I mean. Really like horror, it'd be horror. so weird to see like his especially if he like picked like, I don't know, a serial killer or something yeah, to base yeah. it off. Like I feel like he could like really a gun, yeah. Yeah, like I feel like he could really do something Chainsaw with that. Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, exactly. What do you Go think? Ahead. Yeah, I reckon it's probably it's most likely to be a sci-fi with the way that like especially like the way that he talks in interviews and he's still got like that Star Trek movie. Yeah, he's still got developing. the Star Trek movie, but they never seem to talk about that as the tenth and everything. So it, if he does it, it would be Why Star Trek for television. The, the, the ninth movie, this one, I, I don't understand it at all. Like, because at Kill Bill, he considers them as two movies. Yeah, but he's done things like Grindhouse and he helped out on From Dust Till Dawn and there's I, all these other yeah, films. I reckon he has a producer and writer and um, Grindhouse, I think he considers that proof as one of the numbers. I reckon he should do a Kill Bill 3, but not that do it as a 10th movie. He is talking about that. And though. isn't he thinking about casting Zendaya as the daughter of the one who got murdered? You're in the beginning of the house scene where she goes and kills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, like, <laughs> when I heard him talking about it recently with Joe Rogan, is he's talking about bringing back the bride, and I don't think he'll, he'll never work with Uma Thurman again. Why? Because of what he did to her on that film. But... Yeah. What did he do to her? Crashed her in that car. Oh, no. James that seems car to know everything that goes on behind the scenes, but he doesn't know this. <laughs> I don't know why you don't know that. Everybody does. Oh, sure. But anyway, um, but anyway, um, so so we got four different um, concepts for Tarantino. Wishing him luck on his 10th film and his journey and everything. Let's hope, hope less you feet. enjoyed. Nah. Hopefully you enjoyed. <laughs> you won't. Hopefully you enjoyed. Please like and subscribe. I've been James. Please, God. <laughs> just. Tracy used to go and lie down now. Yeah, any uh, suggestions uh, for films? Put them down in the comments and we'll try and get through them uh, like, as soon as we can. Subscribe. And, and end this one on feet! <laughs> 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 no.